Hello, and thank you so much for joining me today on Think Fit Be Fit podcast. My name is Jennifer Schwartz. Today's guest is Keith Norris of Paleo FX. And I love this conversation. But before we get to this conversation on community and human intelligence and immersive learning about our bodies and our health, I am prefacing this conversation with a message to myself, to my family, to my community that it's time to wake up and be our own advocates for our bodies and our health and our wellness. The absolute most optimistic and coolest way I could think to tell you this, to tell you to wake the fuck up, is to host Keith on this podcast and to tell you that we live in a time that makes many of our daily decisions part of a truly weird decision tree. So we are faced with decisions today that are unlike any time in our history. So that's why I'm calling it a truly weird decision tree that we're faced with. There are so many unfamiliars, and it seems to me that we are on a timeline that has melted away from evolutionary biology. In other words, I don't know that we can rely on that science for our daily moves. For me, the same trust of adapting and adaption is not good enough. I want more variables of my health under my supervision. My opinion is, ignorance around viruses is dangerous and drives stigma no matter which side of this you are on. This is the same for our wellness and how well we live. If you don't see that every option of our decision tree has some weirdness in it and that you should just accept someone else's authority without taking into consideration something beyond your reality or things are just fine and the news media is helping me decide what's best, you actually don't know if that's your if that's what you're thinking right now, you actually don't know what time in history that your body is standing in. This is a turning point, in my opinion. So, if you don't explore all the weird options on your decision tree, yours, you are acting irresponsibly and against your own best interest. When it comes to our health, we don't possess the information to operate at that level of operating to examine all the weird decisions in our decision tree. For our fitness specifically, I know this is true. We are not operating with enough information. So my conversation with Keith Norris is to help you self-lead. Be the leader that you can be comfortable following. Gurus aren't going to cut it anymore. Education and And leading yourself and your loved ones, your close loved ones, and your small tribe 
with education is the way forward. So the answer to this is developing this the critical thinking skills. This is an asset to your health and future, and it cannot be measured how important this asset is. We should be honing this aggressively in response to today's challenges. I am doing this with you, and I'm grateful that this podcast is a tool for that goal. So the conversations uh, that I want to have are focused on making things a little bit more clear in my decision tree and your decision tree. What are those questions? I keep coming back to these questions, keeping the body strong and stimulated despite age advances and fear pouring in from our nearby environments. Huge obstacle, guys and gals and theys. The second one is I keep coming back to feeling positive and excited about exercise to heal thyself, harden thyself, and um, live a full life. I adopted that right from Keith, my guest. And the third one I keep coming back to is, and for y'all, really, really, it is investing in exercise that is science-based. So a little bit more about Keith. He is the co-founder of PaleoFX and a true visionary in the ancestral health movement. And this is important because as I was telling you about this weird decision tree theory of Mayan, this type of event, PaleoFX, and that type of community that nurtures learning and nurtures thinking and allowing people to think outside of the box and step outside of the box is so important in today's climate. I cannot stress that enough. And it really supports this weird decision theory, tree theory. So if Paleo FX is still happening, as of right now, it is in Austin, Texas, July 14th, 15th, and 16th. If it's happening, you will see me there. And what it is, is the world's premier holistic wellness event covering health, nutrition, fitness, sustainability, self-development, spiritual practice, relationships, entrepreneurship, and everything in between. So this conversation puts me one degree away from some of my heroes in health and wellness uh, and, you know, holistic medicine, which is like Chris Kresser, Aubrey Marcus, just to name a few. And the list is pretty long as to how many leaders he has worked with for Paleo FX. It's pretty amazing, you guys. And like I said, this is so needed in today's climate. I've learned so much over the past two months, and that's because the veil is very thin on how broken institutionalized thinking is around our health. And this conversation is a step towards self-leadership for me, for you, uh, for anyone that is interested in empowering their health and nurturing their destiny. You can reach Keith on Instagram at Theory2Practice, at Keith Norris on Twitter, 
His blog is Ancestral Momentum and PaleoFX.com and PaleoFX on all the social channels. Their Facebook recently has been very active in live conversations with leaders in lifestyle and alternative medicine and ancestral health. I suggest you check it out. So without further ado, here's the conversation with Keith Norris of PaleoFX. So welcome to Think Fit, Be Fit podcast. Um, please yeah. introduce yourself to my fabulous audience. So I am Keith Norris. I am the co-founder of PaleoFX, um, which is the largest paleo platform and event in the entire world. And that sounds weird saying now, but it's, <laughs> that's what we've become. Nice. I um, have so enjoyed uh, getting to know your writing and your, um, I guess your, your blogging, right? Like how you are presenting to uh, leaders like myself and um, asking about curiosity, asking about critical thinking. Mm -hmm. Totally enjoyed that. And so I'm curious to know, I, I, that there's this, you know, status quo of self-destruction in our society, right? Do you think it's possible for us collectively to have this like health wisdom breakthrough? Or are we going to stay in that status quo and in a me versus you tribal mindset? Tribal and like, you know, the polarity. The negative, yeah, the negative aspect of yeah. tribal, sure. yeah. So uh, do you think it's do you think it's possible for a collective health wisdom breakthrough? Right. I yes, I absolutely do. Um will it be easy? No. Um this is really what PaleoFX is predicated on that we do believe that that there will be a breakthrough. The you know the thing that we're up against is obviously Authority, and I'm using air quotes, it doesn't transfer well into an audio version, but authority has, and by authority, I mean government agencies, big pharma, big ag, big medical, all of the, all of the bigs, obviously have an agenda. And that agenda is largely around making money and controlling the masses. Mm. And they have the power to pump out, you know, through media, propaganda. And so I think the first step to waking up is being able to step back and say, do I truly believe the narrative that I'm being fed day to day to day? Do I truly believe that? Um, and just to begin asking questions, I think if you look at much of my writing and whenever I talk, I, I don't want to tell people what to think. I just want to ask them to think. Think critically because you may come naturally to a different conclusion than I would. And that's cool. And that's totally cool. I, I am totally down to discuss and debate um, with finding the truth as being the North Star with anybody. But it's a waste of time if that does not come from a place of questioning first, questioning your, your reality and that truth that you've bought into for your entire life. And it's uncomfortable. It's, it's tough to 
to be in that position. The most comfortable place of all is to totally believe hook, line, and sinker what you what you believe. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the blue pill. That mm-hmm. is, you have a choice of the red pill, blue pill, take the blue pill, you can go back to sleep and you'll be comfortably numb through this all. Mm-hmm. Taking the red pill is a big, big step. That's a lot of responsibility. That means being completely uncomfortable more times than not because mm-hmm. you don't know what to believe maybe, or you're constantly questioning yourself. You're constantly questioning the narrative. You, you don't know you're on shifting stands more times than not. But for me, I would much rather be there than to be comfortably numb. Mm-hmm. And there are more and more people who are willing to take the red pill for lack of a better term Mm-hmm. to be uncomfortable and to start asking questions. What are my, what are all of these preconceived notions that I hold to be true? And mm. I try to do this on a daily basis. Let me pick a sacred cow and really dive into it and see if I still believe that narrative. Mm. I mean, I ask myself, you know, quite obviously paleo is something that I believe in wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that that is a way to true health. Mm-hmm. But I ask myself every now and again, do I still believe that? Do I believe that narrative? Mm-hmm. And it's uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Because you, it, at the end of the day, we really don't know with 100% clarity. You can only think in probabilities. Yeah. Right? Well, I'm 90% sure that this paleo thing is the way to go, but there is a 10% chance that I could be totally wrong and I have to be okay with that. Yeah. So yeah, teaching people just to think for themselves, to think critically, which by the way, gets scrubbed out of this in for sure public school. I mean, that's the last thing any agency wants is for a, a mass of people to think for themselves. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's a process of unlearning mm-hmm. first and mm-hmm. being comfortable in that questioning mode and just asking questions continually and asking mm-hmm. questions of authority. And when you, since bullshit and authority having the strength to call it out. Yeah. I, I've recently been into uh, questioning something on the technical end of my work. And it was, it, you know, it's, it's honestly uncomfortable for a second, just like, you know, hitting up the cold shower. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, there's, there's a, there's a lot of freshness that comes in right. afterwards and, you know, not even speaking on that, like physiological level. I mean, just the sensation of it, you're like, oh, this sucks, but I know, I right. know. Okay. Yay. <laughs> and you know, Wim, Wim Hof says that, you know, that I'm sure you're listening yeah, to I'm who familiar. Wim Hof is, but um, he says that all the time. The cold is my guru. That yeah. is his path towards this is really, really uncomfortable and it takes mm-hmm. a certain mindset and ability to, to be in that uncomfortable situation to, to normalize yourself to being uncomfortable like that. For him, it's cold. Is, mm-hmm. there, is there health benefits that come from that, from the, from the cold shock proteins? And that, yeah, that, you know, so on the health side, there's that benefit. But the biggest thing for him is the cold is my guru that teaches me to sit and be okay being extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. And for, you know, for other people, something else may be their guru. For me, it's movement. Mm. Um, I'm not a person who can, although I believe wholeheartedly in all of the benefits of meditation, 
-hmm. But I, and I've tried this over and over and over, and I've just come to realize because I am such a fidgety movement, uh, kinesthetic person, Mm -hmm. I, I engage in the world through movement and through feel. Mm -hmm. And for me sitting on a cushion, I can't, I don't get a whole (laughs) lot of benefit from it, but if I can go out and ride and run and move and do whatever Mm -hmm. it is, whatever the physical activity is, I can get into that same space. Yeah. I mean, I, I absolutely buy that. I, Definitely have explored the mind, Jim, <laughs> mm. and I, um, and you know the movement, Jim. Right? I love not just like not speaking, Jim, not in a physical space, but in a spiritual space. And you know, if yeah, getting uncomfortable and working through cues and working through different patterns, if you will, has all been very helpful in my growth and something that I encourage in every single session that I do with people who are moving through pain and old injury mm-hmm. is, you know, they have to redefine what that sensation is. Right? right. And that goes back to thinking as well, because when you're coming off this long haul of, you know, pains and aches re resurfacing and, and, you know, saying hello at really inconvenient times, you have to change the narrative and you have to think through how you feel about your body and how you view your body and view exercise. So, you know, I see that all as a big part of, you know, being fit. That's (laughs) where the name of my uh, podcast came from. Right. (laughs) But um, that's funny you mentioned you know, what questions to have to like ask people and, or have them ask themselves, excuse me. And you know that I literally wrote that down. What questions do people need to ask themselves to self lead, you know, cause that's what, where we're going with this. And, right. um, so, you know, what, Ooh, that it just makes me wonder um, when we're talking about self-leading. Um, you've I, I've read, you know, and admired the the growth of Paleo FX over the years, and it's just funny to me that you know we have to say Paleo is it's not a diet conference. I'm guessing you have to right. constantly remind people that right. is that where the FX comes from, like function. Yeah, functional. Um, yeah. So that was a that came out of a brainstorming session that we did before we launched Paleo FX. Yeah. And we were like, we want this to be a a functional, a hands on, a we don't want it to be just airy fairy academic. We want people to to both at the conference and when they leave, be able to put this into practice because we believe that you know it, it's not knowledge that's power. It's it's informed action that's power, mm. right? So, so people can have all the knowledge in the world and never put that into practice and you're no better off. Yeah. Um, you have to, we live in a physical plane. We mm. live in a 3D world. And so action is what gets things accomplished, what gets things moving. That's yeah. where the change is. Um, and in, you know, to, to back up on that, this is, you see many people who are in, uh, or, or I do anyway, because I'm just kind of in this territory, many people in this, in the spiritual woke realms who 
kind of stay in the spiritual realm and and just cannot seem to transition that into the real world. Absolutely. Right. And yes. that's and and it just in my experience, that's that's a failing because for better or worse, we are in this experience in this in this touchy feely, dense world, and that is that is where that where our learning takes place. And if and, you know, I don't know what everybody, I, I mean, people's spiritual leanings are all over the map, but I, I think we could probably all agree that we are having this experience to both teach and learn. Mm. That's what yeah. we're here for. Um, and you can't do that in this ethereal, you know, in, in that realm, it has to be in this physical dense realm. Um, yeah, bit of a tangent. Uh, Sorry. But no, yeah. no, no. I, I was literally talking about this yesterday. Uh, <laughs> and it's just because, uh, some of the people that do listen to this podcast are coming from the spiritual world and they don't have an idea about. How, the physical grounding, right? right? That exercise and the practice and the and the systems of habits offers. Yes, and I think that n- there needs to be a pin put in that for the spiritual community, um, and that you know, because that's one of the spaces that I see myself as a leader is amongst the you know some spiritual um, guides and intuitive. Um, coaches and uh there's very few people that in the fitness world that are going in between both yeah from what i can tell and i think it's i i I just think it's so necessary because you know we are here to serve you know and and show and lead and if someone is a coach and they don't have a handle on intuition or the Mm -hmm. physical care of their body it I don't know if they're going to have a ton of success, right? you know, so. And and your clients learn mostly from your actions, not from what you say. Right. I mean, that's, that's just, just like kids. That's, that's teaching. (laughs) Right. Um, (laughs) I I mean, I raised four kids and they watched my actions, right. They didn't, they didn't look at what I said. They watched my actions. You know, it's interesting. There's a, there's a Buddhist um, saying that goes something essentially like, um, how does one reach enlightenment? Mm. Chop wood, carry water. <laughs> what does one do after enlightenment? Chop wood, carry water. Right. That's <laughs> just to say you have to do the the day to day, the systems and processes to reach a goal. And then after that goal is reached, what do you do? You keep you keep doing it. I mean, that's the that's the that's where we are in this in this world. You have to actually do the work on the daily. Mm. So they tie that back to the to the the functional part of paleo. That's that's what we believe. We believe there's mm-hmm. seven pillars, mm-hmm. one of which is the actual physical health part of it. But there are six other pillars that relate to the you know the spiritual aspects, the emotional aspects, the financial aspects, the relational aspects, the tribal aspects of what make a person a whole person. And if any one of those pillars is weak, the person mm-hmm. as a whole is is weak and mm-hmm. you have to bring all of these up so we can see this in people who put all of their focus on to the physical body at the at the expense of maybe their financial side or their relational side or their spiritual side that's a recipe for disaster mm-hmm. um, i i hang out with many many entrepreneurs here in austin 
And you see that on the financial side, right? They have mm-hmm. made mint, right? They have made bank, their businesses are rolling and they have some kind of a physical issue or they have relational issues or, you know, something's off kilter and it's that never lasts for long. Everything has to be built upon everything else and everything has to rise at the same time. And no one is ever there. I'm not Mm -hmm. there, Mm -hmm. right? I have to constantly tweak this and tweak that and go back and ask myself again, those uncomfortable questions, where am I failing right now? Mm -hmm. Who who told me that story and why do I believe that story? Mm. And in my believing that story, why am I tripping up in on the relationship side or the financial side? Um, and everybody has a natural affinity to one or a couple of these pillars. For me, that happens to be the physical side that comes very, very natural to me. Um, it's, you know, but, um, but other things like, you know, finances and relationships, I have to work on. I mean, (laughs) those don't come natural to me, but I can't totally discount them either because Mm -hmm. the whole of me will not progress until those are, are shored up. So. Hmm. Um, so the, so at paleo FX, there, the, the seven pillars are all represented and right. workshopped right. and taught. Um, walk me through that a little bit. Yeah. So, um, well, I can tell you what last year's show looked like every year's mm-hmm. show is a little bit different because we get a feel this whole thing is a co-collaborative process. Mm. Um, this is not Keith and Michelle speaking from the top of the mountain of how paleo is going to be. We, we are in constant contact with our tribe. Um, we, we know the direction the tribe wants the ship to go. And as we curate the show year to year to year, that takes 18 months, by the way, from the, from the beginning of one show to the actual show itself, Mm. uh, we constantly tweak, what speakers we're going to bring in, what panels we're going to have, what workshops we're going to do, dependent upon what we feel the the, the tribe wants. Mm-hmm. So every show is a little bit different. Um, and yeah, I, you know, people are people are surprised a lot of times because they, you know, Paleo FX they tie Paleo to the diet, mm-hmm. um, and then they come to the show and they're like, you know, the first thing I ran into was a panel that was like. Um, you know, the system is a lie where we talk mm-hmm. about um, essentially all of these big agencies, big pharma, you know, big medical, all of these agencies who are who have the capacity and the money to bullhorn disinformation at you. Now, what are you going to do about that? Are you going to believe that narrative or are you going to question that narrative? Mm-hmm. And we never say again what to believe. We're just like, do you believe that narrative? Mm-hmm. And if so, why? And if not, why? And mm-hmm. you just it, it has always been my belief that, and I learned this early on, and I, I don't know, I think I came out of the womb just constantly questioning mm-hmm. <laughs> authority. First, it, obviously, it was my parents, and then it was school, and then it was church. And I mean, it was, I was constantly just questioning why, 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 why is this? Yeah. Why is that? I mean, that kid constantly, why, 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 which drove adults freaking nuts and <laughs> not make me a very popular kid, but I was just never satisfied. I wanted to know why. And that yeah. just carried right on into adulthood. And it, and I still do it. Um, yeah. and, 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 and again, 
not just outside agencies or outside people, but me myself. Mm-hmm. Why, why do I believe this? Why do I believe that? Why, why do I believe so wholeheartedly in the paleo concept and this seven pillars concept? Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's just a constant evolution and constant asking of why, which is yeah. tiresome, right? Because it's yeah. much easier to take the blue pill and just go right back to sleep and be numb to it all and cruise. But yeah. um, I, I, I can't do that. So Yeah. So that analogy is the matrix, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I was exposed to a red pill, blue, blue pill way of thinking in my 20s. Thank goodness. Right. <laughs> because, I, you know, I, was, I, I grew up in the fitness industry pretty much. And it's really, it can get, you know, it's just, I I just have such a stink for it um, Mm -hmm. in general because there's not a lot of learning. You know, there's a lot of copy choreographed crap going on. Right. And, you know, I see, that's how I've, I've viewed and the world through that lens of, Oh my God, these personal trainers are working 12 hours a day. They're getting paid jack and people are coming to them with this expectation of health management. Mm -hmm. And nobody's talking about one, that health is wealth. This is your asset for life. Absolutely. And you're okay with that person being paid $20 an hour. Right. Okay. There's that, you know, that was always one big problem you know I wanted to stomp my feet at and then the second one was the lack of education and thinking you know I have such a I I want my enthusiasm and deep respect for the anatomy and the body and innate human intelligence to seep out everywhere right that's my mission I don't care what you do with your body truly (laughs) but I do have a collective interest, an interest for the collective to have this deep respect Mm -hmm. for their body. Um, So I'm guessing that can be one of the goals of someone coming to paleo FX to join that thought process. Yes. That's one of our core beliefs is that health equals freedom. Right. If you are not, if you are not healthy, that means that you are a a victim and b dependent on some outside agency, person, whatever. Mm -hmm. And that and that's a that's a slippery slope because once you're dependent in one area of life, it's easy to become dependent anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really hard um, to paint that picture. For people um, that, one, the surgeon is not responsible for your body. Right. Truly. I mean, they might be for that time that right. you sign the waiver and they are in, you're in their care, but they're not responsible for your life, your body, your outcomes. Um, oh, you're, you know, and the, the medical model that we have now is one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in my, like, I I just can't, um, 
I, I just can't believe people keep going into it with the trust that they do and without right. questions. You know, um, I have, I have, you know, my lovely brother, he's a, he's a respected microbiologist and works, works at Hopkins. He's on the ground zero of this whole thing right? and has, you know, in, in viral virology, I can't say that word. Um, <laughs> but even then, you know, does someone, I just don't see how someone can have such a lack of respect for their body that they think one thing and the other thing are just connected, that there's no interconnections, interdependencies. So before I get upset, (laughs) Um, before the rant hits yeah (laughs) I always have to remind myself people don't know what they don't know people don't know what they don't know and uh can we talk about innate human intelligence the body's wisdom you know um what's been like your journey with like that concept right so so for for one thing I this has been my observation that the the more highly educated someone is, the more difficult it is for them to believe that the wool has been pulled over their eyes, right? So so take, for instance, uh, someone in the Western med- medical field, right? Mm, mm. Um, you go to school for 12 years through high school, um, and then you can tack on, I don't know, another 12 years to get you through college and medical school. That, okay, so you're 24-ish years worth of being indoctrinated right? That last 12 years, you're being indoctrinated by a system that is funded by big pharma. Okay. So they obviously have an agenda, right? So they are training people. And this is not to poo-poo Western medicine wholeheartedly. That's not at all. And and I always say, if if I were to have a traumatic incident, if I were to get hit by a bus, if I were to break a leg, whatever, Mm -hmm. I want it to be done here, right? Mm -hmm. Because, Because acute care here in the U S is probably the the best in the world. Obviously where we drop the ball is, is ongoing day to day to day health advice. That's where we've totally dropped the ball. And that's where big pharma makes the most money. Oh, by the way, Mm -hmm. right. I used to work for big pharma. Um, Mm. I know what it's like in the inside before I kind of had my awakening and was like, Oh, this is not what I thought. This is not (laughs) at all what I thought it was, what it was. Um, but they, big pharma is in business to make money, mm-hmm. right? I mean, any business that's, that's their reason for being is to make money. Um, and so they do everything in their power to maintain a profitable model, which means training an army of Western medical doctors to walk their line. Mm. So now you have somebody who's gone through school all of this time. They're super highly educated. They're respected by society at large. And it is very difficult for them to do what I just said earlier, question the narrative. Mm. Do I believe this narrative? Who told me this narrative and do I believe it? Who told me this? Do I believe it? Who told me this? Do I believe it? Um, Which is, by the way, the same type of questioning I use with people when we are having um, psychedelic experiences, right? And these people are unraveling whatever it is deep in their psyches, deep in their souls that they're trying to deal with. Um, and that's the easiest way to get down to the root issue. 
who told you that story? Do you believe it? Who told you that story? Do you believe it? And just very patiently keep asking them that question. They'll answer the question for themselves eventually. Mm -hmm. um, so really in, in that position, I just act as a mirror, right? I'm just sitting with them and I just act as, as a mirror. I listen and I, and I ask and they, they will eventually answer their own question. Mm -hmm. Um, so in, in that sense, but it's very, the, the more highly educated a person is, the more they are apt to disbelieve that the wool has been pulled over their eyes because they are like, I'm highly educated. I can't yeah. be fooled. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's very, very difficult. And I, somehow I dodged that bullet early on. And it, and mm -hmm. I think the only reason was a, I had a questioning mind from the get go and B, I just happened to have really, and, and this was just the luck of the draw. I had really, really good professors in college who forced me to think for myself. Mm -hmm. And that is where kind of the light switch turned on. They weren't mm -hmm. interested in read and regurgitate mm -hmm. and they were interested in, I want to know what you think and can you form an idea of your own. There is no right or wrong, but I want you to form the idea on your own and defend it. Yeah. And that was the beginning. And that just added fuel to the fire, I guess, for me, for the questioning thing, mm -hmm. because I was finally given license by someone who I saw as an authority, a professor mm -hmm. to give me license to do that. I can argue with this professor, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, I can debate this person who is, you know, double my age and, you know, probably three times as intelligent as I am. And they're willing to engage me. Right. Mm -hmm. If it's done with the, with the idea that we're both seeking truth, right. We're not trying to quote unquote win, but we're both trying to find the truth and we're just being mirrors for each other. That was a very powerful thing for me as a, as a, you know, 20 year old kid. And mm -hmm. I just carried that forward and, now I can't remember what the original question was. Oh, um, it wasn't really um, a question. I said, just tell me about human innate intelligence. Like oh, so the, yeah, the wisdom so, in our body. Right. Um, so getting back to the health side of that, your, your body does know everything. It yeah. knows absolutely everything. Your job you, as a conscious, intelligent person is to freaking get out of the way. <laughs> Listen to what your body is telling you. And, and this is totally flipping the script of what we are taught in Western society, right? That the body is rather a kind of this dumb mechanical thing that just follows the consciousness and the mind. And mm -hmm. it really doesn't have any sense per se, which in my experience is the exact opposite. The body knows everything if you will just listen to it. Yeah. And that's this, the key is to be able to dive in and listen to what it's telling you. It's telling you every, it's telling you what to eat, when to eat, what macros to eat, what, what's good for you, what's not good for you. all of that. It knows it's just, mm -hmm. can you wake up and listen to what it's telling you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know this uh, brings me to like the other segment of people who listen, who are <clears throat> um, athletes that I've worked with over the years. And so I've, um, I've had the great pleasure of being involved with uh, college football uh, combine training. Yeah, sure. I know it doesn't look like it, but 
um, on the therapy side of it. So on the, the touching part uh-huh. and with the, and I've worked with um, a lot of soccer teams and uh, young, you know, some of the, some of the wonderful young minds around here in Alexandria through their youth soccer and high mm-hmm. school. And, and it just makes me think of what you just said, like, especially uh, people that grew up in a team mentality. Mm-hmm. And especially when we talk about football, it's like so funny that people are trying to speak out against, you know, these football teams going back too soon. And I'm like, oh, all of a sudden you care about their health because you've been <laughs> cheering for the exact opposite for decades. Right. And yeah. like, I can't stand hypocrisy. It just, it, that. so like when you say the why, 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 right. I am, I have a ton of Libra placements in my, in my chart. And I'm just always like, what do you mean? That's not, that's not fair. That's not fair. I hate hypocrisy. And, um, and, you know, following that intuition has got me to this place of, you know, the, the system of sports and us learning together as a team doesn't always equate to independent thinking and independent, um, self-responsibility, you know, it goes the, the other way. So I don't know. I just wanted to comment on that because I think it's especially now when all the sports have stopped, we're kind of, I think we're kind of realizing like in a, when we're talking about youth sports and college sports, mm-hmm. we're like, Oh, maybe we don't need all of those practices and we need more creative time, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's interesting. So as a, as a former athlete and, and as a former football player, collegiate football player, um, I, I totally get that. I mean, that, that particular sport is brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I have friends who, who used to give me a hard time because they're like, oh yeah, you, you know, you went to school on a scholarship. You had all the, you know, you lived in the fancy dorm, you had all of this, you had everything given to you. And I was like, that's absolutely true. I did. And I paid for it physically. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it is a high, high cost physically yeah. to play that sport. And I still have some lingering injuries that I have to work around because of that. Mm-hmm. I would never take that away. Mm-hmm. It, I, I mean, I did exactly what I wanted to do. Um, I went in eyes wide open. I was under no illusions that it was anything other than a brutal sport. Um, and I, I dove right in. I enjoyed every bit of it. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is brutal. Uh, mm-hmm. Did I get my coach paid for? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was tough. And, you know, it's, it's interesting when we talk about listening to your body, I, um, in a, I guess I can speak openly about it in a, in a, um, ceremonial space, uh, oh, plant yeah, medicine, yeah. okay. Plant medicine, ceremonial space. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this discussion with my body mm-hmm. and I was, and I was saying, you know, I, feel like that I have listened to you my entire life and I treat you. And I I have always thought this, that I treat my body as a temple because I do believe that that's my interaction in this world. Right. And, and if this, if this instrument is not fully fine tuned, that limits my interaction in this physical world. So that's Mm. the last thing I want. 
and <clears throat> I kind of got a slap in the face, a wake up call or whatever, whatever you want to call that. And my body responded that you don't listen to me. Hmm. You treat me as a tool, hmm. right? You look at me like a Ferrari that you're trying to tweak and, you know, try to get the most out of, but you don't respect me. You don't listen to me. You try to control me and work me. Mm-hmm. And that was a wake up call. And I thought, you know, again, that was a challenge to my, to my own belief that mm-hmm. I really saw my body as a temple when I really was treating it like a Ferrari, mm. right? I just wanted the most out of it. And I was trying to milk every bit of performance out of it. I wasn't listening to it. I wasn't listening to its cries of I'm tired. I'm hurting. Um, don't do that to me. You know, all of that stuff that I just mm-hmm. put a clamp on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was a turning point for me. And so I try to really open up and listen to what my body is saying. Yeah, that's so I, if that doesn't resonate with people, I would say it, um, I don't want to put this, the, you know, the, in, in my, my peers, you know, especially, um, so I, I specialize in muscle activation techniques and it's very biomechanical. Mm-hmm. So we're actually taught this engineering approach to the right. body and don't get me wrong. It's super cool. Right. Um, <laughs> and it's, you know, when you talk about, uh, seeing fast changes and how the body and the muscles respond to something, mm-hmm. it's, I think, sitting at the top of the, uh, of the techniques, you know, sure. and so a lot of my peers get into this cycle of treating the body like a machine right. and they were former athletes. So it like mm-hmm. totally resonates. Right. And I think it's a big wake up call when they start seeing that temple approach or not seeing feeling, you know, right. um, because that, that awakening can come in many ways. And, and you, if you had it in a ceremony, that's such a blessing because mm-hmm. a lot of people might have that after surgery, they yep. might have that in a much more on a much more difficult pavement, you know, a difficult road. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. So it, you know, if that doesn't resonate with you guys that are listening, just take a step back and, you know, think when, when does your body speak to you? You know, is it, um, there's all kinds of whispers and, uh, you know, things to take into account while it's talking to you. And if, yeah, so, um, you know, and some things are meant to be working through, you know, pain wise. Um, and that's maybe what that pain is for, but you really have to have a language with your body to be able to figure that out. You just right. don't have it. Um, it's definitely a big lesson for anybody who is mm, using their body, especially if you've been taught to use it for your, for your bread line, you know, yep. My, I was a scholarship athlete and, you know, I was doing all kinds of weird stuff to help me perform. And, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, and it, yeah, uh, could have been much worse. Um, <laughs> that, um, I've got two more things before we wrap up. One, sure. um, 
speaking of innate and intelligence of the body, is there a plant medicine portion to paleo FX or leaders in that space there? Absolutely. Just guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We've had uh, Dennis McKenna, who is Terrence McKenna's um, younger brother, Mm -hmm. has been out. Dan Engel, um, Aubrey Marcus, um, Mm -hmm. just a, a whole host of people in that sphere. Um, we work um, hand in hand with the people at MAPS, mm-hmm. and um, I, right now I can't <laughs> recall what that acronym stands for. But um, MAPS is uh, kind of champion champions the idea of using especially um, MDMA and LSD in the treatment of PTSD, mm-hmm. and especially in service members and psilocybin. Um, in the treatment of PTSD, which is all three of those are hugely effective mm-hmm. given, in the, given in the right set and setting and at the right dose and with the right uh, practitioners, mm-hmm. um, it is hugely effective, much more so than any pharmaceutical, which mm-hmm. of course the pharmaceutical mm-hmm. companies don't want to hear. And yeah, so, yeah. you know, they, they will pour out a massive comp, uh, propaganda campaign against that, right? And the whole, you know, this is your brain on drugs thing. And so, oh, yeah. And that's a right? decades long. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and this is just another thing where when, and especially um, older generations to get them to, you know, to ask them, do you, do you, where did, where did this narrative come from? Again, asking where did the narrative come from and do you believe it to be true? Might there be a reason why big pharma created that narrative, mm-hmm. right? Are they really looking out for your best interest? Do they mm-hmm. have your best interest at heart or are they trying to control your mindset on these things, on these mm-hmm. substances, by the way, that are totally safe mm-hmm. it, and especially mm-hmm. totally safe in comparison to any kind of psychotropic um, pharmaceutical. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the, the whole thing on its face is just ridiculous. So yeah, to answer your question, yes, there is a big plant medicine component at paleo mm. um, Do you, have you uh, had any insights on the Michael Pollan's book? Change yeah. your, I think change your mind. Yeah. How to change your mind, how to change your mind. That's what it was. Do you feel like that helps people if they're, uh, like, what is this narrative? Right. I think yeah. it's a great, it, uh, for me personally, it was, uh, for me personally, it was a little light, right? Yeah. And, but I've been down this path for, you know, 20 plus years. So. I like the history part of it. Yeah. The history is, is fascinating. I, yeah. what I love about it is he wrote it particularly for those people who are just on the fence, right? They're, yeah. psychedelic curious, right? Mm-hmm. And he wrote it perfectly for that group of people. Yeah. And yeah. So for people who I come across who are in that camp, I think mm-hmm. it's a, it's a fantastic book. Yeah. Um, uh, for people who are a little bit further along, you know, there's other, there's other great books, but yeah, for, for instance, if, if that book I would recommend to my parents, right? Who are totally, <laughs> of the, totally of the age of this is your brain on drugs and yada, yada, yada. I mean, they, they're yeah. totally bought into that narrative. Yeah. And he's of that generation. Right. Yeah. And so, and so, yes, that's a fabulous book for them. I don't know if they've <laughs> taken me up on my recommendation and <laughs> read it because they, they think I'm pretty far out there <laughs> in, in their, 
you know, from in, in their worldview, I, I guess I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you know, it's just, that's their, that's their narrative and yeah. you know, they're comfortable with that. And I love them and I wish they would open up. So <laughs> that's a great book if they would take the step and actually read it, which mm. I'll, I'll work on them a little bit. Yeah. yeah your question. I, I love Well, that's a big ask, you know, uh, at, like working on our parents and loved ones. Shit. That's the um, toughest. It's a, <laughs> That's tough, a one. tough one. My, I, I almost cried tears of joy. I mentioned my brother again. Um, who's so me and my brother were 14 months apart and we were both profoundly impacted by our mother's death at 20. I was 20. So he was 14 months less than that. Mm-hmm. And she died of Lou Gehrig's disease which, you know, I could go down the rabbit hole and my theories there, but you know, we grew up pretty close to a big proving ground that also stores mustard gas. Right. (laughs) And still, you know, still, because you can't destroy that stuff. Right. Right. Or they've just started putting it in the water. Who knows? Um, And they, so he's a hard nosed scientist, hard as, as you get. And his wife is close. At, we were sitting at a wedding this summer, and they he they both said to me, they were like, "We started exercising with our trainer, and my anxiety's gone, my depression, my neck pain." And I I was like, "Oh my god!" I, I was like, "Oh my god!" Are they you know are are we going to have something to talk about? Are we going right. to be able to bond? Are they going to start listening to me? So I don't know. That that's still a question mark. That last one. So. I, <laughs> <laughs> Um, the fact that he like owned up to exercising being medicinal was like huge. Um, so the other, the last thing I wanted to ask, um, the, I saw that the, the theme of paleo FX, which I I'm coming down this year for Yay. for sure. Yay. Yay. And, um, was nurturing destiny. Right. Nurturing is destiny. That a, is that a theme for the year or a tagline? Yeah, that's a theme for the year. So every year we, you know, when we co-collaborate with the people and we're like, um, okay, we think this is the direction we're taking. We come up with, with different themes Mm -hmm. and the theme for this year happened to be nurtured destiny. Um, and yeah, the, the idea around that is your, your destiny is in your hands totally Mm -hmm. and 100% in your hands. Um, if you are empowered, Mm. Right. So an empowered person gets to call the shots. They get to call their destiny. Um, those who are not empowered and those who are victim, those who have outsourced either their health or any other part of their selves to an outside agency, you are, you're a victim, right? And you mm-hmm. you dance to the tune of the, the man who controls you. Um, and so that was a big push for this year, rather timely since the whole COVID thing hit. Mm-hmm. Um, because really we, genuinely have the opportunity right now to recreate what it is we want going forward. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. The, the powers that be want you to accept the quote unquote new normal that they prescribe. Mm -hmm. So you can take that choice if you want, or you can say, no, no, thank you. I'm empowered. I get to create my own new normal. Mm. And here we go. This is what it's going to be. Um, so yeah, it's just uh, rather serendipitous that we, you know, a year ago hit on that nurture destiny mm-hmm. idea, and it's really 
come to really come to fruition right I'd, now because absolutely believe in that power of intuition. I decided right. to grow my roots out in December. So, you know, <laughs> there you go. You felt something coming down the pipe. I, I was like, man, <laughs> I don't want to come back here anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's so true. I mean, yeah. this is, I, I mean, if you look at, uh, you, you know, if you, if you look at the Hindu philosophy and the idea of Shiva and the idea of breaking everything down to dust and rubble that, you know, Shiva, the great destroyer is also the great creator. Mm. Right. And you, so things have to get broken apart so that you can create something new and that breaking apart is uncomfortable. Um, Mm. It can can be uncomfortable um, if you don't just accept that it's happening and let it happen. Mm. Um, But the upside to that is you have a clean slate. What are you going to do with it? Even it's playing field. It doesn't happen right. very often. It does not happen very often. And it doesn't mean that you don't have to fight for it. I mean, you still have to fight for it. And that's, I, I think if there's one great theme in my life, it is trying to find the balance of when to fight and uh-huh. when to relax and just let whatever's going to be, be. Um, yeah. And I still haven't figured out that one. Um, yeah. So, you seem uh, like a, it's kind of hard to relax kind of guy. I am. a very <laughs> <laughs> If you, if you only knew. Um, yeah. I, I think if Michelle and I have uh, <laughs> one like overriding argument, it, she is like, I mean, even when we go on vacation, I'm here for <laughs> about six hours and I'm like ready to crawl out of my skin. And she's like, well, you just freaking relax for a little bit. No, thanks. I'm going to try a new sport. Bye. <laughs> it's, yes, <I'm> just, <laughs> I can, you know, I can do the beach and the, uh, sit on the beach with the free drinks for about six hours. And then I'm like, okay, enough of that. <laughs> done, done with all that. Now I'm ready to go. You know, I'm ready to go do something. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. I, I have to send some gratitude for, you know, providing such a, you know, <sighs> And feeling an alignment um, in your presence and just for leaders like myself that are, you know, people who step onto um, into places that are not a lot of other people are in, you know, and it is such it's immense for me to have, you know, um, a cohort and someone like you present. So thank you. Some someone as you present. So thank you so much. Well, thank you very much, Jen, for having me on your show. I yeah. really, really appreciate it. I'm so mm-hmm. glad we met. Yeah. Um, the power of social media, right? The power of social media used correctly puts you in touch with <laughs> super, super cool people. Um, how do you prefer people find you? Um, um, yeah. So I mean, all the social media uh, channels, as long mm-hmm. as I'm still on social media and haven't been <laughs> kicked, off. <laughs> kicked off. I don't know how much longer that's going to last. <laughs> um, so um, I'm at Twitter, at Keith Norris, um, on Facebook. I, I think at Facebook, you, you can go on Facebook and just look for Keith Norris. Yeah. Um, uh, Paleo FX, I write a lot of stuff at the Paleo FX site mm-hmm. um, and the Paleo FX Facebook. Um, on Instagram, I am theory number two practice. Yep. Um, and I also write a blog called theory to practice as well. Although the 
blogging has been kind of hit or miss here the last year or so just because I'm busy in a hundred other areas. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure, I'm happens. sure all the stuff on the blog is aged well. It has, right? yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like to think so. Yeah. yeah. I haven't changed a whole lot in my overriding philosophy. I'll just exactly. put it that way. I have changed some in my actions and in my beliefs, but my overall philosophy has not changed. All right. Exactly. That's that's why you're here. That's why All I'm right. here. Have a great day. Thank All you right. so much. Thank you, Jen. All right. Bye-bye.